Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. I'm Justin. And I'm Deja. On today's episode of Decoding Reality, we will be discussing The Bachelor Season 27, Episode 3. You can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv, and you can email us at decodingtv at gmail.com, or you can find us at TikTok at tiktok.com slash Decoding reality. On today's episode, we are going to start with a, I guess, our initial thoughts, then a recap, and then we'll wrap up by talking about our predictions for next week's episode. So, as always, I guess The Bachelor doesn't have names to their episodes. It's like week one, week two, week three. Deja, what would you, what would you call this episode? Because I think I have a good one. Um, every time <laughs> you ask me these questions, it's difficult, as though I haven't been thinking about it from the second I hit play on the episode. <laughs> Let's see. The Bachelor season 27, episode three. All the names I'm saying, I shouldn't say. Everything I'm thinking, I shouldn't what? say. Okay, okay. I got a good one. I got a good one. <laughs> Go on ahead. <laughs> don't, don't cancel yourself. Exactly. Um, I want to call this the Mandrell effect. Kind of like the Mandela effect. Because... A lot of the things I thought about certain people were actually not true. <laughs> That's actually the perfect sum- summation of the episode. Whatever you thought, you were wrong. Yep. Try again. Yeah. I, I, or at least I it's know. under question now. Before you tweet me, before you get out the receipts, I know. I know what I said last week. I know what I said. And I am... <sighs> tentatively sorry to Zach's Shellcross. I think I was a little too hard on him because he does, he does seem interested in black women. I know. Okay. You don't have to tweet me. I get it. I get it. I get it. What do you think Deja? Black women. I mean, we talked about last episode, black people lost, black people (laughs) lost. lost We were down for the count. It, It just wasn't our chance. But this episode, I actually felt like 
you know, uh, both of the women who got one-on-one dates had like good time. It wasn't one where sometimes it feels really uneven for certain bachelors and bachelorettes, mm-hmm. uh, cause editors do have bias, but it felt pretty even. I actually felt like I got to know, um, you know, uh, Allie on her date. I felt like there was a lot of development even in the group date for, for some people. So black people were winning, which I love to see. And I love to We got hear. some points on the board. But, we did. We did. Yeah. But I think also it's kind of reaching that point where personalities are coming out a lot more. And also mm-hmm. these women have had more time to spend around each other. So they've made decisions about one another and how they feel about each other. So I kind of liked getting a little bit more of the real in there. What do you think of the episode, Justin? I I don't know if I would use the same adjectives because it feels as though um, the niceties are wearing off. And one of the things that always confuses me about this franchise is that people knowingly sign up for this franchise, right? And then are continually surprised by the concept of the franchise. You mean I have to compete for love? You mean I have to... Uh, make myself known? You mean I have to watch as he kisses other people? I'm like, yeah, that's like the whole point. Like, where have you been for the last 27 seasons? You know what I mean? Let's get into the recap. So this episode starts off with the continued use of Sean Lowe. See, Zach, uh, after a quick shower where he's seen, again, rubbing soap and water all over his body, he then uh, takes a moment to talk to Sean Lowe. And Sean Lowe really reinforces the messages of the franchise trust the process etc etc even shows off his bachelor baby uh the baby's not a bachelor but he got it from a relationship in the bachelor you know he is one of the few people that are still with the person that they picked at the end of the day and i think it's starting to become increasingly odd the use of Sean Lowe because if they wanted a bachelor person to reinforce like trust the process stuff like that the host himself was a former bachelor so I'm just worried whether they're like bringing back Sean Lowe what do you think Deja yeah it's a bit uncomfortable and even the way that that first episode started <laughs> I thought for a moment I thought I was on another episode because you can only use Zach mm. being in the shower so many times I thought I was watching the wrong one. There have only been three episodes this season, so that's already a problem to me. But it feels like maybe this is an attempt to kind of reinforce the idea that, like, this works. You haven't heard a really mm-hmm. gripping Bachelor success story in a while. And I remember, at least when I was younger, that every once in a while I would see, like, you know, tabloids like by the register talking about like ooh the bachelor couple still together or seen with their new baby i don't know how much success we see lately especially with scandal after scandal of this yeah. person secretly racist it's mostly racism um have we talked about the blackface thing yet we have not talked about the bachelor's history with blackface yet but they need this win they need this sean low moment it's something you and i have talked about separately that these Mm -hmm. shows these reality tv shows like this in kind of trying to give a microcosm of you know as we talked about in the introductory episode a microcosm of american dating Um, whether it's kind of your view of like distilled to its almost purest form or my view where it just like it's it's allowing it to be observed in 
based on the rules that they think are acceptable. And so the setup itself is really interesting. But at the end of the day, the people who want to be on these reality TV shows in the kind of setup of them are really invested in whiteness. Because there's a reason why it has to be history when there is, you know, a black bachelor. There's a reason there hasn't been an Asian bachelor yet. You know, there's a reason there haven't been all of these people represented. It just, it's all very invested in whiteness because that's kind of the most acceptable thing on screen. So it doesn't totally shock me when, when contestants aren't, when contestants are themselves invested in whiteness, it doesn't shock me at all. And I see on your face, you processing the lack of an Asian bachelor. Like, it's one of those things, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a black person, so I'm always looking for the other black people, so I was just like, wait a minute, there's never been an Asian Bachelor. I was trying to think of, like, has there ever been a memorable Asian contestant that would... would you know, I was shocked Dr. that, that Dr. Guy, remember? Ethan stayed so long in the last season of The Bachelorette. Ooh. Ethan. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. But he got very little screen time. Uh, he was an Asian man. He got very little screen time. Somehow made it to the final few and then was just gone. And for me, because same as you, I'm always looking for the other black people. Um, but for me and looking at like what this says about dating, I know that you know statistically the least desired demographics on dating apps are black women and Asian men. Black women seem too masculine. Asian men seem too feminine, but black women are also fetishized. So I feel like that's how we made it onto the TV first. But this, you know, these, <laughs> these places are invested in whiteness, and yeah. it's kind of hard to to expect any differently than the people who want to be on the show. Um, but that really, Greer actually wasn't a big part in this. I didn't don't don't feel like I really saw her face much throughout this episode. I think she had a couple of highlights in the football match, but we'll get into it. So let's get back into the episode, because Jesse then presents the date. And this week, there are going to be a total of three dates. Uh, two one-on-one dates and one large group date. And Katie gets the first one. And then Allie is going to get the second one, but we'll get to Allie uh, later in the episode. And Christina is notably jealous you know she makes a point uh the producers make a point to put the camera on her and be like you know i how are we supposed to be happy for these people how are we supposed to like just be okay (laughs) with other people dating our like i guess collective boyfriend i'm like i mean polyamory does exist but i guess that's not the point you know but it's i guess i guess the point is that the I guess the feelings are starting to come out for some contestants, and some contestants aren't really getting that attention, or at least feeling the same way. Uh, more importantly, we'll get to Bailey uh, later in the episode, and Brianna later in the episode. But Zach then picks up Katie. It's a night date, and picks up Katie from the date. And this is notable for one reason and one reason only. He picks her up in front of all of the women, sits down on the couch with the other women and puts his hand on Katie's leg and keeps it there in front of the other women and points for Katie for like my theory that she's either the winner or the next bachelorette because it seems like she was, uh, I feel like she's getting a lot of points lately, like a lot of points lately, but we don't really know Katie that well. 
I will talk about her vagueness in a minute. But Deja, did you notice the hand on the leg thing? Oh, of course I noticed the hand on the leg immediately. <laughs> um, but it was another moment where I was like, guys, be for real. You know what show you're on. I need you to take a deep breath. It can be difficult, but especially Christina's reaction. It was like, you have to be realistic. And it was in that moment that, and then it it tracked through the whole episode, but it was in that moment that I really started looking at Christina with a little side eye. It was early because... You know, you and I talked about her apology in the last episode. She had a bit of a disagreement with um, with Brianna. Uh, they talked about it. She had apologized to her. And we talked about how her apology was, like, uncommonly well done. Um, yeah. And had a real lack of entitlement. Then this episode started, and the first thing she does is act entitled. And I was just like, ooh. Brutal. Ooh, we just left you on a good note. I don't know how this is going to go. And she'll definitely come up more as we go through. But it was another moment where we could just we could just take it, take the little discomfort and move on in stride instead of 10 confessionals saying, I really want Zach to be mine and mine alone. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I get it. I understand. But at the same time, it is Christina being set up. I can't tell at this point in the episode. I can't tell. Is is she being set up or is she being protected? I can't tell. But more importantly, let's get back to Katie because they have a very, very cute date. Um, they get into the car and they're starting to drink champagne. And Zach is like, oh, you're going to love this date. It's a big surprise. It was really hard to do. Like, he was the one that planned it, but whatever. I know you didn't, Zach. It's the producers, but I get it. You're trying to look cool. I won't blow up your spot, you know? But more importantly, Zach tells Katie, like, oh, I just felt a spark when we met. And I was like, I mean, was it a spark? Or <laughs> who's talking here? Which head is talking here, Zach? Because as a, I'm a dude, I can say it. I can. Katie, you are a wonderful woman. I will say that because I am a married man. <laughs> you seem like a very nice woman, but they get to the museum. It's a closed museum. It reminds me a lot of La La Land when they went to a museum. It's That was also very beautiful. But they explore the wonders of taxidermy in this like museum and in like this bunch of dead animals and wax figures. I don't know if that would really like seem romantic to me, but... Deja, what would you do if someone took you on a date at a closed museum? Justin, I feel like you forget that I'm a massive nerd. Um, <laughs> and I'm autistic. So it's like, ooh, a museum, but nobody's there to bother me. This is great. If I had to spend that time with Zach, I don't know how much I'd actually enjoy it. Ooh, but okay, okay, okay. Or Katie for that matter, you know, as, as cute as I found the concept of the date. I really wasn't getting much energy from either of them. It felt really... Really? Well, let me retract. I got a lot of energy from Katie, but I don't know that I needed all of it. And I wish I got personality instead. Because, mm. you know, as the okay. date continues, okay. we kind of see they're they're exploring the animals. They're having a cute little time. They look nice together, you know, next to each other. They look like a nice couple. But as they sit down for the dinner, they kind of start to talk. And Zach is asking, what do you really want romantically? 
And she is able to tell you all about why her ex relationship didn't work, all about what she doesn't want. And the typical line of, I just want to find a best friend. Everyone does. So that's not new information. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't actually hear her really talk about what she wants a relationship to look like, where she's headed, what she can bring to a relationship, because it sounds like her only experience was unhealthy. It just felt a little bit like a train wreck, but neither of them saw it as that. And that stressed me out. How'd you feel about it? Okay, I, I wouldn't call it a train wreck. I think I I had a theory that was confirmed this episode that Katie is the type of person that dated one person ever (laughs) and like has been with that person and all of their ideas of romance and love are from that relationship. And although it may have been like turbulent or wonderful at some parts, it gives you a very skewed, I guess, vision of what a relationship should be because it is with one person for like ever and she says in this episode she was with one guy for seven years and i think she's what she's i think she's 25 i believe so let me double check that (laughs) not to blow up her spot but if she's 25 she's been with the same guy since she was 17 i mean get out there katie I promise you, there's better guys out there than your high school boyfriend. I promise you. I promise you. She's 28, which only bumps it up so that she was with the same guy since before she could drink, at least. You know? Yeah. It's a little tough. Like, there's, like, a huge dating scene that I feel like she missed out on. Like, the young 20-something eras that I feel like she could have thrived in. But more importantly, I think... How do I say this nicely? I think, I feel as though, Kate, I feel as though the bar was so low that anything seems like a great time to Katie. Not that Zach, like, is doing the bare minimum, but, like, just a museum date and, like, hey, here's attention to you. Here's, like, I want to, Zach listens during the date. And although those things are, like, good things to do, I wouldn't call them uh, above and beyond or, like, extraordinary. But to Katie, it's like, wow, he's the best guy I've ever met. You know what I mean? And that's not a dig to either of them, but that's just what I noticed. And I don't think it's a... So that's why I didn't see it as a train wreck. I feel as though Katie just needs some more romance experience. That's the yeah. vibe I'm getting. You I think we're in agreement. Because I really feel like why I see it as a train wreck is everything she was saying was just red flags. She's not ready for this relationship. She's not ready for this relationship. She can't get into a marriage right now. Um, so it was a train wreck for me because it's just like, are you guys listening to what's being said? The words are there. Plain English. You're both nodding. I don't think you're understanding. Um, But I agree. You know, after coming out of that experience, it sounds like Katie still needs to do a lot of healing from that. Um, You know, she was able to see what a relationship looks like. But if it was one that left her with so much pain, then she also needs to know what better looks like before she can really, I don't know, marry somebody. (laughs) Because that is how this show You don't think she's ready for marriage? I think she's the type of person that would get married pretty fast. And See, that's why she's the type good on of person show. who would get married pretty fast and the type of person who's ready for marriage are rarely the same thing. Oh, 
I mean, snaps. snaps. We've all met. Snaps. We've all walked on the campus of a Christian college. You know, <laughs> and I, I just talked to a friend who went to one earlier, and they're like, "Yeah, more engagements." Not everybody who's ready to get married is also the yeah. rushers. You know, you're exactly right. So. That being said, Zach immediately gives her a rose and offers her to stay in the closed museum overnight. And this is huge because overnight dates don't happen this early in the show. They get matching PJs. They show a shot of the um, tent and they show two separate beds in the same tent about five feet apart. But we, well, we're all adults here. <laughs> we're all adults here. I, I have a feeling that um, they did some light smooching during the night. They, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I know that when the producers told them to put those beds five feet apart, they did not want a socially distanced night. They wanted the shot and they got it and they put it in. But they wanted the shot of the two of them pushing the beds together. So it could feel a little scandalous, too, as though we didn't know what they were going to do. But I felt, I think because of the date, a little underwhelmed by the sleepover. I was just like, okay, Mm. good night, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we all know what happened. And good for them. They are young adults who are consenting. We love that for them. But... I think the problem comes in the night after, or the morning after, excuse me, when Katie walks into the mansion, still in the PJs, and notably contestant Brooklyn calls it a walk of shame. I don't think, I don't think Katie's shameful about any of it. Good for her. And they keep asking, like, so how was the day? How did you have fun? And Katie's like, oh, I didn't get any sleep last night. I was like, oh, that's the code word. Okay, Katie. Wink. I, I You didn't get any sleep. Tossing and turning. <laughs> you know what? I'm making myself laugh, so there's that, Deja. <laughs> but people are pretty pissed about how... Katie got an overnight date. Christina doesn't look too happy about it, but there's no time to talk about it because the shots immediately cut to Zach talking about the date. And he's like, oh, I am so full of energy. I have an extra pep in my step, if you know what I mean. I was like, come on, Zach. We know what you mean. We know what you mean. We're all adults here. But he's particularly peppy this evening or this morning. And so... This group date is an NFL game or like a football game hosted by two NFL players, uh, Sean Merriman and Antonio Gates. I've never heard of them. (laughs) I wish I was a sports person. I'm sorry. Deja, do you know who these people are? I think it's fair to say that two people who are hosting a recap podcast about The Bachelor, (laughs) not the biggest football experts, you know? I learned about football for maybe... The five minutes before and after the Super Bowl halftime show. But I'm sure they're talented. <laughs> they they do this every year. I think it's called the Bachelor Bowl, where like the contestants split into teams. They do the whole football thing. It's a pretty standard procedure, you know? And the girls are split into two teams. The Ball Zacks and the Shawl Crushers. I guess? Great. Great names, guys. And the game starts... 
it's not that notable, so don't worry. But more importantly, one of the contestants, Anastasia, she goes down. I think she's milking it a little bit so she can spend some extra time. Like, oh, I hurt my lasagna. Oh, no. And she sits out the rest of the game. But another notable note, Gabby just says she's like talking to like the other contestants. She's like, oh, my gosh, I peed a little. And I was like, we don't need to talk about that on national television. It's not that type of show. But uh, I, good for you. Good for you. But the game continues. It's not a high-scoring game. It's like 14-7. to seven. And the Balzacs, which are the blue team, with uh, notably Christina Mandrell, wins the whole shebang. Deja, did you have any thoughts on this game? Because it, it bored me to tears, to be honest with you. I mean, you recapped it really well. It was uneventful. They didn't even try to make it take up that much of the episode, honestly. They... Sometimes you can feel like they're forcing you to watch through group date, but they were not wasting time on this. I will say, though, you know, as I've mentioned before, this is my first time watching The Bachelor instead of The Bachelorette. I was completely unprepared for how jarring it is to see women doing this for men. When Mm -hmm. it was on The Bachelorette and it was a bunch of men playing football for like a woman's attention, like, okay, you guys did that in high school, too. You've all you yeah. you play sports and you throw things and you do it for women's attention. I wasn't prepared to see women doing that for a man. I changed my mind about it. I don't like it. <laughs> I no longer okay. think it's fun okay. because I I just you know that TikTok that was viral for a while where it was just stand up. That's how I felt. <laughs> it was a hard sell. I'm no longer a fan of the Bachelor Bowl. I'm so sorry, guys. I repent. Okay, so if you had to change the game, I would change the game. Because, like, to me, football is is not a dynamic television sport for The Bachelor. I mean, yes, the Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event of all time. I, would, I think a dodgeball game is much more, I guess... I, guess, I think that's better for television because you like you can see their faces more importantly, and you can see like people getting hit in the face. I feel like that would be more dynamic. That's what would true. you change it to? I would pick basketball. They did that in Michelle Young's Ooh. season, and that was really fun because I think skill levels for basketball can be so widely varied. Where like most people are kind of new for football, and then when people get rough, it's like, ooh, you're breaking the rules. Look at you getting passionate. <laughs> this is crazy. You guys really care about this. It's a little bit more drama that way. Um, and I think also I just like watching basketball. So I'm kind of, I'm playing into my own hands a little. I get it. I get it. But let's not talk about this football game because it was extremely boring. Let's move on to the real meat of this group day, which is the after party. Because this is the, this is probably my most surprising moment of the episode because charity gets a little extra attention from Zach Shellcross. He talks about how he feels really comfortable with her and talks about like, he sees her as a like a true friend and stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, what what is this? The, this this is my calculations are wrong. Is is Zach interested in a, a black woman? I I could not believe it. I was like this has to be CGI. They had to bring a stunt double in. Zach I didn't know you could get down with the brown. Deja, what did you think? <laughs> I had no idea he was allowed to do that. I had no idea it was in his programming. <laughs> I I was honestly really shocked, but 
I do appreciate that Zach seems very direct. At no point has he seemed wishy-washy. If he says he's not feeling it, Mm -hmm. he's not. And if he says he is, he really is. And I at least appreciate that consistency from him. And I felt like he brought that with charity as well. Um, So when he says he's interested in these women, I don't feel like he's just keeping them along. Like, surprisingly gave Charity the attention that she deserved in that moment. And and it's weird because we've seen him not give attention to people he doesn't care about. He was actually interested in Charity. And he'll be interested when Allie go him and Allie go skydiving later in the episode. I was like, shook. And who was also shook is Christina Mandrell. Because she starts conveniently talking about how great her one-on-one was last week and brooklyn is not having it like she says okay i wish you would just shut up already about your one-on-one because most of us haven't even gotten to like repeat our names near zach and other contestants agree with brooklyn and this is this is the part i was like was i wrong about christina because she has had such a good edit up until this point. I started to think, is, are we missing something or is there something cut out? Because this is one of the other times where contestants are just not messing with Christina Mandrell. I I was a little caught off guard. Did you get this impression too? I felt like this was definitely an aspect where I remember that they've now been around each other for a couple weeks. There's a lot that you'll excuse when you first meet someone and you'll excuse it as personality or just nerves or the quirk of the moment. But by this point, they've known each other long enough and well enough that if they don't like you, they know that, you know, uh, I'm sure they're aware. I'm sure there are cliques within the mansion already. I'm sure there's just people who avoid being on the same side of the house But it was also how Christina was oversharing that was so clearly making a point of it. That was, again, that kind of sign of entitlement. Like, well, actually, guys, I did a one-on-one, so I'm different than you. I'm not like you guys, even though I'm also on this group date. Um, And I think we kind of felt that a little bit last episode because we did keep mentioning, as far as we know, because the edit really didn't show Christina too much, unless it was the basic stuff. This is the first time we saw many of her interactions with the others. Yeah, I was shocked. I was I was really shocked. But while this is happening, Bailey, who Zach can't even get her name right, I guess he called her the Morning Balin or something like that. Um, Bailey sees the writing on the wall, sees that she's not getting attention from Zach confronts him about it and he's like yeah i'm not feeling this either and bailey's like cool 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 and through tears she self-eliminates meanwhile while that's happening zach then comes back to the group and then presents the group date rose to charity and christina cannot believe it i can't believe it because i didn't think zach would be into black women but christina can't believe it because she feels that she should have got the rose that charity got and this is where I started to see the code in the Matrix a little bit, where I'm like, I started squinting my eyes a little bit, because I was like, okay, number one, Christina had a problem with Brianna, or Brianna had a problem with Christina. And then, Christina has a problem with Charity. Hmm. What do what what these things have in common, Justin? 
does does Christina have a problem with black women? And I I'm a I hope not. I hope not. But I'm starting to connect the dots. Did you connect those dots too, Deja? With the Brianna situation, it felt really different. It was brought up in a weird time. She clearly brought it up once she felt insecure. It felt like there was at least question of Christina could Christina could just have been not presenting herself very well while she's, you know, drinking on the first day at this really weird experience. But in this case, the second a black woman is winning around her, it doesn't make sense. I think I was really bothered by those words. It just doesn't make sense to me. Because it makes perfect sense to me, Christina. It makes perfect sense that somebody who's beautiful and has a connection with him might be rewarded. What felt so illogical to you? Why did you feel like you were so deserving that her winning mm-hmm. was illogical? Doesn't work for me. I think I had to check myself before I wrecked myself, especially in this moment. Because I did, because I was like, because I, I myself have I even said last week, Zach doesn't seem like the person to date a black woman. But for Christina... It's like, I don't think he would. Like, for me, it's like, I don't think he would date a black woman. I think he, he would enjoy it. Christina says, I think Christina's thinking, this is illogical. Because I've never heard of Charity before. Like, and, but I've never heard of Brianna before. Or like, mm, it just, it gave me the ick for Christina. And I, I felt bad because I'm wondering if like, this, I guess, did societal pressures work on me too? Is that one of the reasons why I didn't think Zach Shellcross would be with a black woman? I was like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta work that out, man. You know what I mean? But anyway, let's keep on going to another date with a black woman, Allie. Um, the night before, Allie is sent this beautiful, I guess, like dress slash pants suit combination. It's white. Zach then comes out with a black and white suit, very traditional, and they are Justin, going skydiving. I'm going to have to pause. I'm going to have to cut you off. That was the most man description of what she pulled out of that box that what I've ever heard. What are you talking about? Some sort of dress, but it was pants or something. Justin, come what? on. Why are you calling me out? What's happening? What's going on here? <laughs> that was a long bridal romper with a little train attached to the back. <laughs> Let's be cute about it. Let's have some decorum here, Justin. <laughs> okay, let's have a de- decorum, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yes, it was very cute. I think it was very cute. I wouldn't wear that to skydiving, but I guess that was the whole point, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was cute. And they jump out of a plane, get those adrenaline going so you can really feel like you're in love, you know? And... That's cute. Everyone has a good time. And more importantly, on the night portion of this date, Allie talks about how she doesn't, like, feel like her full self in relationships. I think that's relatable. Um, She often puts, like, herself second. And Zach then recognizes that as something, like, he likes to do, too. And another point for Zach for listening and relating to a black woman and maybe I might have to eat my hat at the end of the season. I might have to eat my hat because this was a pretty fine date. Like nothing bad happened, but nothing like super notable happened either. It's just a a solid date. What did you think, Deja? I was actually surprised by how 
nice and sweet this date was because it really was mm-hmm. sweet. Um, their connection seemed pretty natural, I feel like. I wouldn't say they looked like they were madly in love, but they had like a solid rapport at least that didn't seem too fabricated. You can really tell when people are on the screen and they just want to like give Zach attention just because. Um, and in that conversation again, I was like, oh, wow, I'm worried about you guys. I'm worried about what state a lot of these people are coming into this show. A lot of them with a lot of insecurities, a lot of worries about being truly validated and truly seen. And then they're in this environment where validation isn't always going to come. Sometimes validation is gamified. Sometimes there are producers in the background determining what time you'll get to have for your validation. Um, But I really appreciated her honesty in that moment because as somebody who, you know, very relatable, can easily give of themselves too much in a relationship, um, I can imagine how scary it would be to get in a situation where you may, in just a number of weeks, find yourself married to someone who might replicate that dynamic that is really hard to escape from and really hard to create boundaries around. So I appreciated it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was sweet, but it wasn't the most enrapturing date ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll give it to Zach. He gave the attention that Ali deserved. And for that, he gets a couple points in my book. The date goes on. As tradition, a random country singer uh, sings them, sings to them while they slow dance. This time, some guy named Griffin Palmer will never hear from him again. But <laughs> it was a pretty good date. Meanwhile, back at the mansion the next day, the cocktail party is then changed to a pool party so everyone gets their very cute swimsuits on zach has very short shorts and i this isn't too notable so far but ariel who has a very dry sense of humor you can't tell if she's joking or not it's i get it but um she gets in the hot tub with zach asks to kiss him and like she's i get her sense of humor like, she, like, she'll straight, she says, why are you touching my butt? And Zach's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But <laughs> she's like, I was kidding, it was a joke, it was a joke. And Zach's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't Ariel, you're not long for this show, but I appreciate your humor. It is recognized by me. Did you recognize it too, Deja? I definitely recognized your humor, and I don't. I don't even think it's a bad sense of humor. She's very sarcastic, very dry. I'm in the UK now, and like I, I'm all around the British, <laughs> you know, sense of comedy. But it's telling when the person you want to be with doesn't have the same sense of humor, and it should yeah. be a red flag. But here, all red flags uh, are just flags, rose-colored glasses. Yeah, she'll be all right. She's—I don't think she's going to win, but I don't think she'll be broken up about it. But that's for she'll another laugh time. on her way out. Exactly. <laughs> or say something super serious. And then people will be like, is she joking? I can't tell. But the more, more important part of this cocktail party is that Brianna, America's first impression rose, is also starting to see the writing on the wall. But before she sends herself home, she's going out with a bang. She requests a private audience with Zach. And she's like, I'm not feeling anything. 
She sends herself home. I'm going to go home. But before she goes home, she says, people like Christina Mandrell kept her from opening up and being authentic. And part of me still thinks that this is not an entirely true sentiment or a entirely honest, I guess an honest sentiment because you can't blame your connection on other people in this game. I don't think that's very fair, but at the same time, I I noticed the pattern with Christina and black women. And so I, I have to believe black women on this one. I'm just, I don't know. I, I kept going back and forth with it. Deja, like, what did you think? I think you saying um, you can't blame your connection on other people is so accurate. And I feel like that just encapsulated for me why every time Brianna brings it up, it feels very uncomfortable. It's because she tends to bring it up kind of in connection with her lack of connection with Zach. Uh, She brings it up to point to reasons why they're not connected. Um, And I think that's why there's always this kind of sense of discomfort where it's like, yeah, no, Christina's definitely a problem at this point, but it just feels a little uneven. Um, but I do feel like Christina was surely a huge part of it. Um, the attitude that she brought, not just to the black girls, but to the women in general, uh, flaunting the first you know, one-on-one date, flaunting this idea that anything they created with Zach had to be weaker because she had something. Uh, it just feels dishonest and it feels like then there's no way to create friendships in this space. And some of the friendships that come out of The Bachelor, there's probably more successful, long-lasting friendships from the franchise than relationships. And I also don't think you're showing yourself to be somebody who'd be good in a relationship if you can't form platonic friendships. Um, so Christina definitely is a problem. I'm so happy Brianna went out like that. She was giving (laughs) us, oh, I'm so happy. She was giving us nothing. She was really not offering much to, to, to my spirit in that moment. But she said that she was going to go out with the truth and won't a black woman do it? (laughs) Won't a black woman say, but before I go, there's something I forgot to mention. Uh, so I, I loved it. I I respected it. That was probably the one thing Brianna could do to make me like her better on the way out. Here's the thing about Brianna. Here's the thing. I recognize the... How do I say this succinctly? Um, I recognize, as, as a black person to another black person, being in a group of people who do not look like you and learning to navigate that is extremely, extremely difficult. And especially when it's something that celebrates whiteness as much as The Bachelor. That is unbelievably difficult to do. And I think that is contributing to some of the uncomfortable uncomfortability that Brianna was facing. Was Christina a factor in that? Yes. I don't think Christina is as much as a factor as Brianna thinks she is. Because if it wasn't Christina, I bet you it would have been uh, Brooklyn or somebody else. You know what I mean? And 
I think that some of the comfort or uncomfortability that Brianna is facing is what I is my assumptions as well that Zach is not into black women. And I'm I might I'm probably wrong. But that doesn't mean he's into Brianna. You know what I mean? And I think and that I not I guess that's where I'm at with it. Like, yes, I get it, Brianna. I don't think it's not you, it's me. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Am I making did I make any sense at all? No, yeah, you're absolutely making sense. And I feel like as a black woman Depending on the day. We're going to say woman today. Um, As a black woman and non-binary person, I would be willing to bet money that all three of the black women who were in it at this point before Brianna sends herself home sat down and discussed this. All three of them were like, do you think he likes black girls? Like, do you really? For sure. (laughs) It's definitely a conversation that's happened. Um, And I'm guessing no matter what answer they gave, they they aren't totally sure probably won't be totally sure for a while but where some of those white women are coming from is not a position of does zach like black women it's why would zach like black women that's what doesn't make sense to them that's what's illogical i think that's it yeah that's exactly it's, it it's this feeling as well that if he does not like black women like if he does like black women he's actually chosen something over me, a white woman, that is lesser. And that's That's, not something that they can accept if they haven't actually dismantled their feelings around whiteness, blackness, race, and their womanhood even. Because a lot of defining womanhood in our culture with all the craziness that goes on in it is like, how do you put yourself in opposition to blackness? And I'm positive there are some white women in that room who have done that work and who came into that space with a really anti-racist mindset. And I'm sure that amongst those who didn't do that work, Christina was the leader. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes the yep. thumb that sticks out the most gets hit the hardest. Um, she definitely wasn't the yeah. only person creating that environment, for sure. I would totally agree with you. But like I said, I'm happy Brianna did it. Good for you, girl. G- legendary. Purely legendary. Like, nothing but respect. Because then... Immediately after that conversation, Zach takes um, Christina aside, says, hey, this is not the first time this is brought up to me, number one. Number two, I'm not about the drama, girl. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not about that life. I'm not here to joke around. I'm not here to, I guess, keep you forever and see if this works out. And he leaves Christina crying on the stairs. I'm like, damn. Christina does apologize again and it was her never it, it, it was never her intention to hurt people that I, I believe that it was never her intention to hurt people like that and after that zach cancels the rest of the cocktail party and it's all business because we go straight to the rose ceremony and i won't mince words christine is the one that go that goes home she's the one that doesn't get a rose and i'm bummed i feel like she can come back from this but she was, she, I think, I feel like she saw it coming too. She's like, yeah, I'm not going home. And who are the remaining women left, Deja? Yes. Uh, so we have Charity, Allie, Katie, Jess, Gabby, Ariel, Genevieve, Greer, K. 
Catherine, Kylie, Davia, Anastasia, Brooklyn, and Mercedes left. Um, it was it was interesting to watch Christina go home because it didn't look like anybody was all that mad about it. So these are the women left of The Bachelor. And I have to say, I think that ending of the episode probably leaves them pretty stressed going into the next the next week because I love that Zach is a straight shooter. I at least love knowing that there's not time being wasted on screen because he's not mm-hmm. spending time with women he's not going to be interested in. It does feel like he's jumping the gun a little bit because he doesn't mm-hmm. give himself much time to spend with these women before he's like, yeah, so based off of the 45 minutes we had in the first time we met and me not giving you any time <laughs> since then... I don't know. Like, I don't feel a connection. Yeah, you you actually have made no effort to speak to them since then. That we see. And obviously there can be more conversations. But, um, you know, when you get to a rose ceremony and there's only one person going home because the other two have already been sent over the course of the week, I'm sure these women are anxious knowing that they don't Mm -hmm. even really get until the end of the rose ceremony anymore. If they pull Zach aside... They might go home. They don't know what's happened in these discussions. They know somebody talked to Zach individually and then they left. I mean, I, part of me respects it because why waste time? Uh, let's not waste time. I remember, uh, I remember, remember Katie Thurston season. One of the guys was like, "I'm Final Four, and I still haven't gotten a one on one." And Katie was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Let's fix that right now. You can go." <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, wow. Respect. Res- like, if you would have waited, like, a couple more days, you would have had a couple more days left. But damn, man. Like, dang. Um, so I appreciate that there's no funny business with Zach Shellcross. Did you see the preview for the next uh, episode? Because I feel as though they are going to do some traveling, which is a huge part of The Ooh. Bachelor. We'll see where they go. That's so Do you have any predictions for next week? Have Has your rankings changed at all? Because number one with a bullet is still Katie for me. Katie, Christina Mandrell, really? rest in peace. She got knocked off my board. But <laughs> I, I, right now, it's either it's number one, Katie, either winner or bachelorette. Number two, I'm going to say Greer. Mm. can't open champagne she get, she had a little tidbit about how she peed her pants but whatever um, <laughs> and I guess three I'm gonna throw Gabby in there so Katie Greer and Gabby how about you I think for me totally out of left field but I'm gonna say Anastasia I don't know we'll see more of her I'm just throwing a prediction out okay. there. Um, Gabby and Greer, I would agree with. Greer. And this is totally outside of the show, so it could very much just be overthinking. But the one thing that makes me say maybe it won't be Greer is that her kind of notes app apology equivalent for blackface didn't feel like she had that big of a PR team behind her. And I think ABC would want to save face enough to make sure that before she wins, they make her look nice. So my my hope for Greer is dipping a little bit. Um, I think Allie will be around for a long time. But I notice both of us are still staring clear from saying we think a black woman will actually win. 
I, I I need more evidence. Yeah. I need more evidence. I'm with you. Charity had a strong showing this week. Respect to Charity. But Brianna's gone. Um, And Allie did get a one-on-one, but their conversation wasn't that deep. In that conversation, Zach says, I want to get to know you better. I see. I feel comfortable around you. Stuff like that. So, next week is when I hope black people will make it into my like top three. That's my guess. I, that's my hope. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think unless Zach really shows out, black people won't make it into my top three for the predictions for the winner. Mm. I think some of them will go really far. And I actually think that as it goes through, similar to what you were saying, there's no way Christina was the only person creating this environment for Brianna. And there's still black women and they're not leaving. So mm-hmm. over time, I think that more of these women are going to really show their true colors. Um, and we can only hope it's good, but I have a feeling we'll see a lot more Christina's pop up throughout the season. Oh, I think Brooklyn is next. But we will talk about that next week because that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Decoder Reality. As a reminder, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. And please, please, please email us at decodingtv at gmail.com so we can maybe read your questions and comments about that episode. But you can also find us on TikTok uh, at tiktok.com slash decodingreality. Deja, where can the good people find you? People can find me on all platforms at Deja Talks TV. So that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of the above. And I hope they'll all accept my rose so they can join me again next week. Where can the people find you, Justin? Um, you can find me uh, making some jokes in a hot tub at Freddie's Roommate on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. And hopefully we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.